The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Kev, in my case, this is going to be very difficult because, you know, being English, it's obviously a very difficult subject. You're Welsh. It's easy for me. Is it? (laughs) Yeah, easy. Is it? Yeah. Money. Give us some. (laughs) No, Kev, (laughs) you can't do that. Uh, Well, honestly. We can. uh, Well, look, we'd like to thank you very much for the tip jar. Um... Kev's bought a helicopter. I bought a brand new car. Yeah. Look at this. I bought a car. Out of the pro- I've always wanted a Jensen Interceptor. There we are. That's my Jensen Interceptor. Very good. It's what is it? One seventy-sixth model. You're size? being English and avoiding the subject. Am I? Yes. Shall I carry on? Yeah. Shall I take it on? <laughs> <laughs> Take this one on the chin. So Neil and I yeah. is in the last two and a bit years, or however many it is, have been it's about um, two years, isn't it? It's very, very patiently coming here every week. Well, I'm here anyway. Yeah. Well, I've been coming here every week. But I do have to walk down to the end of the garden. And uh, <laughs> and we we've been recording those things, and we love it. We absolutely love it, and yeah. we love the Facebook group, and we love the community, and we love the meetups when we used to be able to meet up, and all that stuff. And we did. We'll that. do that again. We will, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we will. And we did um, get some very, very lovely help with the tip jar, especially over the lockdown period, yes. very kindly. Yes. However, we have decided that we will formalise it a little bit more. And um, we decided that we, you know, we, we're both very, very cool-looking hipster-type <laughs> dudes, and we're smashing it. We realise we're smashing it all the time. Yeah. Every Monday, smash yeah. that. Yeah. Neil, we, we wrap up the podcast. Smash Neil, that. Neil throws his headphones on the floor smash and just them. walks out the room. Um, bish bash boshed it. Shut the back door. Uh, I don't think there's such a phrase as that. Kev. And I think because it's a very different channel. And because we are uh, because we're hipster dudes, we've decided yes. to join the Patreon revolution. Yes. Only five years late. Yeah. So Patreon, if you don't know, is a place where you can go and help us. Let's just be honest. And um, for the price of a cup of coffee a month, you can... um, help us yeah simple as that now we're not going to or you know the the, the podcast is free in its form is free to air yeah. and uh we we, we we toyed with many different ideas yes. and and things and yes. in the end we just thought let's just ask him for money <laughs> let's be like oliver <laughs> yeah please sir please sir more? Can I have some more? um and uh, and of course now listen the, the the fact of the matter is we don't uh we certainly you know we we don't, we don't expect or or you know i don't want none of us want you neither of us want no. you to be uh uh, you know, thinking you you have to do this, and yep. so the show is free yep. still, and yep. uh, and will be. So if you can help us, you can. And you know, I'm looking at Neil's uh, flash new car now, so it Lovely. does. I would imagine the fuel is quite expensive. Well, for this thing, yeah, I don't um, know where you put it in. And uh, <laughs> you know, and and the brutal fact is, both Neil and I are um, unemployed wedding photographers <laughs> right now. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. And, uh, well, if you don't laugh, what, what, oh, what else have we got in life? I'll tell it? you what, Kev. It is what it is. It is. It is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, oh, so dear. as Gemma says, uh, she said to me the other day, she said, oh. Kev, um, you oh. know what? I live with you, oh. um, but I want to live with podcast Kev. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She podcast said, I, I want to live with podcast Kev because you're what? funny and, you know, you, 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 you're, you're just very different on the podcast. 
She's always living podcast, Kev. And, uh, and uh, I said, you won't be living with me at all if, uh, if we can't afford to pay mortgage anymore. So um, patreon.com, Fujicast is the place to go to help me and Gemma stay together. Neil, run his car, and all kinds of other things like that. I want a swimming pool. The Fujicast. Oh, and we might give some food to the kids. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you, there is a guy on YouTube that ends every single one of his... Um, oh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. I have a, a real sort of... Uh, oh, I can never think of his name. Brian, oh, Brian G. Johnson. That's it, Brian G. Johnson. He does all these tips about how to be a better YouTuber. And at the end of it, he says, um, uh, you know, if, if you don't... if you don't, I think he has a patron or something. He said, if you can help me, great. He said, because I've got two poodles and they're very hungry. You dig? <laughs> and uh, it really annoys me every time he says it. Oh. <laughs> but... Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think he's quite successful with it. Yeah. And, uh, and and bless Brian, he does make me chuckle every time he says it. But so. all, that, all that patron stuff will yeah. go towards running the show, of course. Yes, it will. Yes. And feeding the kids. <laughs> feeding the kids. Secondarily. And keeping Kev in his marriage. Yes. Um, <laughs> Podcast Kev. Podcast Kev. Grumpy Kev, you can... <laughs> Poor old Grumpy. I like Grumpy Kev occasionally. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Um, so, welcome to another episode. You and your questions from our electronic mailbag. And, of course, and now also through the Fujicast private Facebook group. If you have not joined this group as yet, then please do. Um, we, we, we kind of vet those that, that ask, but only because um, we just want to check that you are actually a person and, and not a bot or something. Send your emails as well in the old-fashioned way with any questions that you may have to click at fujicast.co.uk. They don't have to be tech. Uh, they can. It's just as nice to, to read social issue stuff as well that uh, affects you in the photography world. Um, and we've, I think we've got the we got the last club intelligence from next week. I think it's going to be um, the the Tumbleweed Connection. Wasn't there an album called Tumbleweed Connection? Isn't that Elton John? Don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Kev's book. Oh, book of the week. Oh, week. we've got another Anton Corbijn. Oh, have we? Private Passion. One of your faves. Yeah. Yeah, another fave. Mm. <laughs> Every week. My Every week's book. a fave. Yeah. Actually, that's T-shirt worthy. Uh, do you want to l- launch with your, your yeah, question? Yeah, let's there crack on. Uh, I have an email from... Go on, podcast, Kev. Bethany Taylorson. Hi, Neil and Kev. A uh, personal question about your businesses. If you weren't both family men being fathers and husbands, how would your businesses be different if they even would? Would you still be shooting weddings? Would your outlook on everything, including where you lived, maybe even which countries you lived in, change at all? Keep up the good work and hoping for another conference in 2021 since oh, I have two. missed the first two. Yeah. yeah. God blimey. I'm we do. really glad we didn't organise a conference this year. Can you imagine that? Yeah. But I tell you what, the the, the sort of the, the outline plan, which we can't talk about, obviously, NDA between um, yeah, us and Fresh Air, um, is that it will be quite different the next one, but very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Very different. Very exciting. Yes. Anyway, back to the question. Would you do anything different? Uh, if you didn't well, have if you didn't have the <laughs> I'm going back to the conversation we just had. Um <laughs> I'm not sure we should ask you. So but, so the question is essentially if we didn't have our families. Yes. Okay. Which a horrible thought, but, yeah. but I yes, know, I, 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 I No, I, I mean of course, but it's it it's an interesting concept, isn't we it? We went to Dorset the other day with the kids. Um, could, the, of, could the door not look after itself? Like, <laughs> <with> the, <laughs> uh, sort of the last hurrah knockings of, uh, of, uh, of, of holidays and stuff. Yeah. And um, as we were driving there and the kids were arguing in the back, Jack's terrible. He just sometimes just nudges Thomas. You get this kind of, oof. Mm. And Thomas like, why did you do that? And he, he's learned to say it loudly because that's what you're supposed to do at school. Don't do that. I don't like that. I thought, oh no, here we go. 
just as we get into a little bit of a traffic jam. Mm. And Sam said to me, if we didn't have the kids, do you think we'd live in Dorset? <laughs> I said, yeah. But, but there's, and it actually silenced them as they listened to all our plans that we, we would have had. But this is a solo plan, of course, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm not sure... I mean, I've, I fell into wedding photography, and I fell into wedding photography mainly because it kind of... It were friends of ours. It's very difficult... It would be very difficult to imagine that that conversation so the conversation wouldn't have happened it happened because of mutual friends of ours that asked me to shoot weddings and then the, the, before you know it, i'm a wedding photographer let, let, let me try and re- rephrase this then because i think this is what bethany's asking mm-hmm. if you what's your ideal life if without family if family was if you'd never had a family it's a terrible what question would be, well, yeah but what would you would you be a, a disc jockey on the radio stations a disc jockey broadcaster love <laughs> would you be uh would you be brian adams be a bitch <laughs> sorry kev i don't know what would i i think i i don't know i mean for photographer terms certainly wouldn't have gone down the business route that we went down we started with the uh, school photography, commercial photography, and the portraits and the weddings. I, I think I would have, ch- I, I, ideally now, portrait photographer. I'd love to be a portrait photographer mm. with a few weddings, but really be able to look at the variety of work that you could do on the wedding front. Mm. And, and instead of thinking, well, this is a business, because there's nothing wrong with this, by the way. No. <laughs> Any couples that might be listening thinking, does he want to shoot my wedding? Of course I do. Yeah. But, you know. Just not this year. <laughs> not this year. Um, but, but um, I don't mind because i've got a couple coming up um but i i think you you photograph weddings and sometimes you photograph three in a row and you do that because um a that's what you do it's your job but would i do that if i was living on my own and didn't have to fund myself in quite the same way probably not no i'd, I'd choose to work maybe twice a uh, a month on on weddings or maybe once a month and then spend the rest of my, my time trying to i love i love the idea of van life portrait van life going on the road with with the with a you know with a portrait studio in a in a van mm. i'd love that idea mm. that's very romantic i i suspect for me i would be very 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 rich if my Would family you? weren't around yeah oh. because what, what happened to me was i um i used to work in london as you know long long time ago and some friends of mine set up a new little business and uh, oh, right. in in financial services, right. Kev, come and work with us. So you wouldn't even be a photographer. Come and work it? with us. Right. Uh, at the time, yeah. me and uh, I was in life number one at the time. So uh, <laughs> life number one was going in different directions. Yeah, and I, I decided not to do that. Uh, and now those two, three people are super. No, super, oh. super loaded. Yeah. Why did you say no? To, well, so Patreon dot com fujicast <laughs> <laughs> this sounds um, a very similar story to my father who was a who was um who was a farmer by um he learned farming that's what he did at university i don't know university was it university or what, how would they do a college agriculture agricultural college. college that was it did you go to simon sester i don't know well, i don't know but you know i really don't know i don't know which one he went to but that doesn't ring a bell and he had a best friend there called derek they were, they were really great buddies. And um, one day they were out bailing. So they, they, they started uh, on the farm. And one day they were out bailing wherever, wherever this farm was. And Derek got his arm caught in the baler. Ouch. Yeah. Now, um, Dad was very quick thinking. And he switched the baler off and practically saved Derek's life. And I think uh, Derek always felt some sort of sense of, you know, Dad was his best 
best mate. And it, actually, Derek was his best man at his wedding. And he felt this sense of, I, I, I suppose, well, maybe it's not duty. I mean, they, they were good friends. And he said, would you like to come into the engineering business that I have with my father? Um, my dad said, well, no, I think I'm going to go into my dad's business line, which was to do with sales. Um, it's a good job they both went to farming school then. Yeah, no, <laughs> no they didn't use it at all in the end. And, um, and then it turned out that Derek's father's business made, made these sort of like fishing industry widgets, with, uh, the, the bit that stops the reel on uh, deep sea rods sort of going too far back and mm. uh, whatever they do, mm. whatever that, that release mechanism is, makes thousands, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of these things and they're sold around the world, specialist bit of widget kit, and and overnight, <laughs> Boom. same 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 scenario. Don't my dad mentioned it once, but he never. He, he I I don't think he ever regretted it. No, no, it's not a regret of mine either. I mean, it's it, had my life gone that route, then I it, it wouldn't have gone the route it's gone now. And okay, I, but I, let, I couldn't have. Let, I mean, I know you've talked about yeah, doing that, that doing that that IT thing, but if you were a photographer, yeah, okay, on, on your own, sir, what would you be doing? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I you know, if you are. If you're not thinking of like you know like a proper dream, I'd love to be a touring musician, sports photographer. You know, going around with the team or the band or whatever. But that's not something that you can necessarily get into particularly easily. Yeah, portraits probably like nice, which sounds ridiculous because both of us are documentary photographers yeah. and we spend all our time saying, "Don't do portraits." And then they want to do portraits. For? portraits. I, know, I know. Bloody I know, hell, I portraits! Know. Good God. <laughs> um, black and white, miserable only. Thank you very much. No smiles. <laughs> It's my specialist subject. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, but but the thing is, isn't it interesting? Because we look at we'll look at today's book, Andrew Corbyn, and last week's yeah, yeah, Brian Adams book, yeah, and everything, and it's yeah. the portraits that we, I know, we I love. Know, I know, I know. Um, it's not funny, but I think it's because because we can't you can't easily do portraits in the way that you want to do them, and for them to be commercially successful, mm. that's a challenge. Mm. Uh, that guy, what's his name, Platon? Um, yes, he's he's got a unique look to his pictures, has, yeah. and very successful, of yeah. course. And he does them in the way that he wants. But mostly, when you think of portraits, you're going to think of, you know, your traditional high street studio type portraits. They're the ones that people want to stick on their wall. And that's mostly because they, they don't know that you can do it any other way. But, yeah, I suppose, I don't know. It's a tough, really tough, really good question, Bethany. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just zipping something up on the screen here. Ooh. Bill Wadman. Okay, he's um, he's a New New York uh, photographer. And he's, um, Look at that. He either will have been uh, or is coming up on the Photography Daily podcast. Does that does that uh, mouse work? No. Oh, sorry. I put new batteries in it as well. Wiggle it around a bit. It should work. But uh, is it not working? No. I've run out of batteries again. Sorry a, about this. It's a, uh, can you switch it on or is it just... Uh, yeah, just a little switch on the back. Should No, no, no. That's the wrong bit, Kev. Oh. That's the battery compartment. Mm. You really don't know Mac, do you? No. <laughs> let, let, me, let me click a couple for you. Right, okay. So Bill um, in New York, he asked his... Um, so BillWadman.com. Um, he asked his wife whether he could set up a corner in the apartment because I always thought this was a great thumping big studio that he had in New York, some sort of loft studio, which are fantastic spaces that you can get. But it's not. Um, he, he loves painting things. There's even a blog post on how he painted this background, by the way. This is, these are photographs, though, right? Even though they're very painterly looking. Yeah. Oh, they're all photographs. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'll just I'll click through them as we're talking. And whenever anybody goes to his home, um, he asks them just to just to post for a portrait. Oh, God, just great, isn't it? And it's these are so simple, aren't they? Isn't it funny how all the people who go to his home are beautiful? Yes, there is that. I did think that, yeah. I wonder if he'd ask us. 
Well, he might, and he might, might humour us with a portrait, but he probably wouldn't put it on his site. We're going to go to New York, aren't we? So yeah. I'm, I'm going to look Bill up, and I'm going to say, Bill, can we do a portrait? Yeah. Oh, I'm out that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, there's me. <laughs> yeah. hey, he looks a lot like you in no way, shape, or form. He does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's me. <laughs> um, no, these are great. They yeah. are great, aren't they? But Bill I mean, it's so simple. Bill Wadman, simple, simple, simple idea. And um, and he has a lovely backstory, by the way. He started with a 365 project, and uh, this 365 project just elevated him. At a time when people weren't really really doing 365s, it was a few years before Instagram started up. So it was quite a bold, uh, you know, project at the time. But all he's done is he's you know he's making these wonderful portraits. I'm going to do this. Well, like, funny I, you should say that. You know, you know that set. You know the sofa I gave you. Uh, yeah. Look at the look at the way that's rotted. I don't know what's eating through it, but we actually think we've got something in here that's eating leather. So that is going. Nice. And Sam said to me the other day, she'd seen this, and she said, why don't you do like Bill w- Wadman? Because you can make that whole corner. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to do that. And I wrote to Bill, and I said, Bill, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal the idea that we talked about on an interview the other day. He said, that's great. And he sent me, the, sent me a link and, and all the stuff that I need to make my own corner. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I mean, I... But you but should the thing is, one. if you have it here... Yeah. See, I quite like the idea of forcing anybody who comes in my house to have a picture taken. Yes, 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 yes. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. Could be the postman. Could be bloke coming to fix the boiler. Mm-hmm. He comes a lot, mm-hmm. actually. Uh-oh. Stop it. Um, Does he? That's interesting. Yeah, usually when I'm not in. Oh. Anyway, I think that I'm going to try and do something like that. Where would I put it? I haven't got any space. I'm trying know, to think where room. you would put this in your house. Front no, room. No. Front room where the Christmas tree goes, usually. Yeah, I don't think Gemma would really like it. No, but if you show her Bill Wadman's site, she's going to say, Gemma, I'm telling you, Kev it, can do this because... What do you think, Gemma? What do you, see, she said yes. She would say yes to podcast Kev. Yeah. But she wouldn't say yes to real well, life Kev. Ask her as podcast Kev then. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, it's very simple, Kev. All problems in your life are sorted as long as you become podcast Kev. Yeah. Uh, and the heating engineer man. <laughs> <laughs> what does a heating engineer man look like? <laughs> uh, nice guy. Yeah. Um, so heating Henry. Um, I'm not sure. Did we just sort of leap outside? But I uh, know we didn't really leap outside. But that's that's something. I, if I lived in this little house, is sort of, uh, and I, I have this ideal of, of living in a beautiful little house, maybe a lighthouse or something. And and, oh, and, and see, no, I could be. I'd be a very good hermit. Yeah, but I could live I, in a lighthouse. Would you by myself? Right. No, but the idea is to open it up so people can come and do portraits. Ah, uh, yeah, like maybe one day a year. <laughs> Kev. <laughs> anyway, if that answers your question, I hope it did. But do, by the way, do go and look at Bill Wadman's, and we'll, yeah, we'll leave a, a link for it. And the interview is on yeah. Photography Daily. Photography Daily, yes. Um, I've got several parts coming up, actually, uh, with Bill. And uh, Charlie Clift, actually, has done a similar thing on his website. He did corners for, but he took he built this corner for the BAFTA Awards. And um, and his corner is sort of full of people like Benedict Cumberbatch and yeah. <laughs> people that have won BAFTAs. Mm. And it, but but he's a, a very similar idea. Let let me just zoom this one up on the screen as well, so you can see this as well, Kev, because you'll like this. There we go. There's uh, one, yeah. one straight away. So um, slightly different kind of corner. So it seems corners, Kev, are the way to go. Yeah, yeah. You heard it here, right? Question from this is Michael Lynn. Hi Neil. Hi Kev. First off, thanks for the great podcast. Definitely one of my faves. You're very kind. Uh, I have a question for you. I have my. I'm going to be having my first child, and he wrote in a couple of weeks ago. So I think we are probably in, in the sort of maybe week leading up to this, or possibly a couple of days. 
Due to COVID-19, only one person other than the mum is allowed in the hospital. Since I can't hire a photographer, I'm going to do it myself. If you had to choose between a 35mm uh, or 50mm equivalent, uh, which one would you pick? So I guess you can't have a lot of gear with you by the sound of it. I'm comfortable with both focal lengths, just not sure what m- might be the most suitable for this kind of situation. I'd like to keep it minimal, please. So my plan is to take one fast prime lens only. Any other tips and advice would be appreciated. That's from Michael. Michael Lynn who's in toronto so uh, well first of all good luck if you if you've had your little one well done congratulations but it does sound like you might be in a few days leading up to this momentous occasion in both your lives so um congratulations in advance and kev you have shot this kind of work so you're the best person to answer this yeah i um i have shot a couple of births and i mean i, I suppose the thing that comes to mind here is it's just common sense stuff you know it's it's um it's different if it's your child, of course, but for me it wasn't. And uh, yeah, just common sense. You be very aware of what's going on around you. Do not get in anybody's way, of yeah. course, all of yeah. that stuff. What but- sort of stuff are you photographing? What are you looking for? Because, I mean, obviously it can't just, you know, it, it's, there's, there's got to be scene-setting stuff. I yeah. Mean, I mean, one, one of the pictures you um, you featured was the clock, you yeah. know, the clock ticking, and which, yeah. which is obviously very important for um, for context. Yeah, again, it's, it's you know, it, this is not probably the kind of thing that's going to go through your mind on the day that the baby's being born. But if, you know, if you can think of things like a start and middle and end. So, you know, the start is, when I've done it, is is usually been, uh, you know, when the doctors come into the room, the, the, the clock's on the wall, you know, uh, hubby and wife kind of sitting together and, yeah. you know, getting prepared and all that kind of stuff. And then the middle, of course, is the birth. And then the end is usually, well, in this case, those cases has been the clock again on the yeah, wall, which yeah. is like 11 hours later or yes, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so things like that. But uh, ultimately, you know, you there is no, no greater, I don't think there's no greater momentous type of picture that you can make than the moment that somebody becomes a human or mm. not becomes a human. They're humans before that, of course, but the moment they breathe their first breath natural breath crying yeah Yeah, i think that's an incredible thing to be able to do and uh, especially if it's for your own family and you know yeah it's it's crazy but yeah times are times are difficult right now because of the the the, this pesky blinking bug yes um and so, you know, things will be different. And well, they won't be that different, will they? Well, I, I mean, know, I maybe mean we're, we're, one, we're one birthing partner down. But generally, I mean, in the hospital, generally speaking, I mean, it's certainly for the birth of our two little ones. We were only allowed two, uh, two birthing partners. So it was me and, and Sam's mum. And on the second occasion, actually, it was just me. Yeah, but what I mean is it could well be things like, you know, will they allow you to take a camera in? without oh, I see. dipping it in disinfection. Oh, disinfectant. yes. I, I, I would assume Various it sounds, things like, sounds like Michael's got the go-ahead for that. Yeah, sounds like it. So, yeah. anyway, yes, good luck. I hope it's either gone well or will go well, yeah. depending on when, it, whenever it is. <laughs> you must let us know. Yeah, absolutely. You might be sending us just a photo, so thanks for your advice. I went with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Thanks, but no thanks, no, kind do, of thing. Do but, send yeah, us pictures. Oh, please do. Yeah. Um, I think we've got time for a question from, from you, and then uh, we'll go for this week's interview. Go on, then. Okay, so I have a question here from Keith Johnson, and he says, Hi, guys, a Lightroom question for you. Yep. Using the X-T4 on film simulation bracketing, two colour and one black and white. One important I'm into Lightroom, I have no problem, and in the library module in the grid view, you can see the film simulations. The problem starts when I click on the photo and as it loads, the simulations are removed and they appear to go back to the default settings. Right. The black and white picture loads in colour. In the settings, I have load RAWs as camera default, not Adobe, but as the simulations are JPEG, I know that should not affect them, but I cannot seem to find a setting to stop this. Many thanks, Keith. Off you go then. 
<laughs> I love it when you do that. Um, <laughs> One day I'm going to surprise you and come back with yeah. a whole load of technical stuff. Well, actually, I don't know the answer to this because um, it's... So when you do uh, bracketing in, in uh, Fujifilm cameras, you can shoot three film simulations. And up until the X-T2, or firmware 4 of the X-T2, I think it was, you could only shoot JPEGs. So if you chose to do a black and white, a color, and maybe a sepia, and then you would get three JPEGs. Now you can do a RAW and the three JPEGs. Right. Okay. But what it actually does, which is uh, silly, is it creates three RAW files of an identical picture right. and three JPEGs. Which you don't need. You need the JPEGs, yeah, but, but not the RAWs. You don't need three RAWs, no. So in Lightroom, there is a setting in the preferences that says treat RAW and JPEG files separately. So I suspect, Keith, when you're going into the develop module, it's just showing you the RAW file. Um, that's definitely what's happening because your black and white is then suddenly being sucked away and turned back to a RAW J, uh, color RAW file. The JPEGs will be there, but for some reason, you've got Lightroom configured to show you the RAW file. So I would go into the preferences and choose, make sure you've got treat RAW and JPEG files separately. Uh, see what happens but they will the jpegs will be there they've definitely if they're recording them in the camera they will be there um it won't just be called recording four raw files there we go anyway there you go help desk stuff yes. yeah do you know you when you were saying that Gemma lights podcast kev yeah do you ever be are you ever help desk kev at home all the time are you <laughs> all the time. all the time right let's do uh, this could be the last club indulgence because yeah. um you, you've been so kind sending in your lovely uh, reviews on apple podcasts and i think they've all gone somewhere else stuff uh, yeah well i mean uh, the listeners are still there because <laughs> we see the stats but you you might have run out of nice things to say so uh, next week it could be tumbleweed um you go first because i've just got the one here have you got have you even got them um, <laughs> come on kev i did have them didn't i give them back to you no i've only got the one there we go uh oh yeah i've got uh, right there you launch with that one then i've only got two what well that's okay that that's you? half the music's been uh, li- uh, okay taken this up one's looking from, for them this one's from all mucky from the United States. Oh, Mucky. Oh, Mucky. Oh. And he says, so enjoyed being introduced to Leonard and his work. Thanks, Neil and Kevin. Oh, Leonard Neumann. Leonard yes. Neumann. Yes. Black well and white sort of street master in this country. Um, this one's from Nico by Boy- Boyce Hardy. That sounds like something out of uh, Only Fools and Horses. Boy- Boy- Boyce Hardy. Boyce. Boyce. Absolutely brilliant Boy, show. Darling. But two, yeah, But two friends have got good banter. What I like most is the breadth of guests who provide a great insight into what it means to be or become a photographer in various genres um, and leave out most of the time never-ending gear conversation. Well, occasionally we go into gear, but, yeah, well, you're right, not too often. Keep up the great work. Yada, 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 yada. Thank you, Nico. This is from Johnny Boy 665 Yeah. Johnny Boy, I love that. There are, it seems like it should be a car or something Johnny Boy 665 there are very few podcasts I look forward to each week this is one that I do it this is one of them <laughs> it provides an excellent mix of information views interviews and humour yeah. its production values are excellent that's all Neil by the way and it should be in the podcast uh, sorry and it should be in the uh, and it should be the podcast that others should use as a template oh, right, mm, look well, at that very kind it's presented by photographers with a known background in quality photography and broadcasting and the tips and advice they provide are ones that you should take note of good there we go. Thank, thank you for you, that. Johnny and thank Boy, you 665. for all your lovely things that you've said. And remember, if you sent one in... You're our favourite listener, and we mean it. Next week... Might it, be the last time you use that jingle. <laughs> it might be. Next week it's going to be... Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll use that time to go and have a coffee while we just leave silence on air. No, you can't be silent. Oh, no. You can never have silence because... Um, 
goes into the emergency record. It does. It starts to, well, I think in podcasts, well, it starts to shorten it or something. Something weird happens. But certainly in broadcasting, if ever um, you, and this caught me out terribly one day, um, (laughs) I'm I'm not sure if I should tell this story. I'll go on, I'll tell it. I'm I'm not bothered about the bosses, but it's just, it's not the most pleasant story. But um, if you left silence, it would play the emergency tape, which, you know, was either backup music or... Like, because they think London's been nuclearised or something. Something like that. I went to the loo. <laughs> it was Clearly not just for a wee. <laughs> breakfast show. And I took the newspaper with me. Oh, no. <laughs> and played American Pie. Now, for those that know American Pie by Don McLean, you will know that it's one of the longest songs. Uh, what is it, eight minutes something or something like that? It's extended, a lot. The extended one is... It, it's yeah. a long, long song. And uh, and I thought, well, I've got, <laughs> I've got a little while here. And um, what well, I didn't, it just skipped and stopped halfway through. It was a CD, and just yeah. stopped, and it went silent. And I heard the silence because in the loo it had like your little tannoy that would play back your play, <laughs> play what's live. Yeah, and it stopped. I have never finished up quite <laughs> so quickly. That is gross. <laughs> I told you it'd be. Uh, I told you it'd be gross, didn't I? No. Um, but but <laughs> uh, but it isn't. It's a uh, well. You, well, you get the picture, don't you? I'm going to change go- your name on my phone to Plip Plop Neil. <laughs> well, the, the, I tell you what, though, the emergency tape kicked in. I got such a telling off in, oh, yeah. in the mid-morning program meeting where he asked me. The, the program controller asked me. Said, "What happened there, Neil? Uh, Australian chap." Good Andrew, very nice, uh, a really nice chap. And I, I just, I went red. And I thought, well, I can either make a load of excuses, but I wasn't that quick thinking, so I just told the truth. And the entire room fell about, and they never let me forget it. There we go. Anyway, time for this week's interview, I think. Wayne Johns, Fujifilm ex-photographer. Part of the ambassadorial team is back for part two of our profile on him, and we talk fashion, lighting, and how you get into this genre. I will say that during this part of the interview, the, the heavens absolutely opened Wayne's End. And you can just about hear it, but I'm sure it won't ruin your, your listening pleasure. So settle back for round two of Wayne John's Fashion and Beauty. What what is the difference? <laughs> well, fashion you're 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 selling clothing. You know, if we look at an ad, say a fashion campaign uh, rather than editorial, an editorial is where you tell a story. You know, so you can have six different looks, let's say, um, and the clothing involved in those six different looks may be from twelve different clothing designers. So you're using those those styling items to all marry up together to tell your story, for the, which which were your concept that you put together prior to your shoot. So editorial storytelling whereas a fashion shoot you're actually selling the brand your 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 model is wearing the brand of clothing so you may be shooting Givenchy or Dolce and Gabbana or something like that and and everything the model would wear would be all of those things generally from that designer rather than a mixed bag and beauty work um, where you're turning that over more for skin product jewelry all those kind of things where you're shooting perhaps a little bit closer up and a bit more cropped in and you're filling your frame more with the with, with the face of people um, that's, that's a short description of it, really. But, it, but they both sort of fit into the commercial sort of fashion industry, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, even in the makeup world, you have colours that trend is season upon season, um, year upon year. Uh, even Pantone have their involvement in that, with the trending colour of the year. And the makeup types and styles and textures and the way that all changes all works sort of side by side with the fashion world and the clothing as well. So, yeah, you, you have similarities when, when they both have their trends, if you, if you want to call it 
where that ends the seasons. I suppose we come back uh, to lighting, really, with particularly with uh, beauty work, yeah. and that you've you've got to be very precise. And are, are you? Um, I, I know some photographers have a very simple setup. They like they like you know it's it's one key, one fill, perhaps, um, or you got me with my one snoot thrown in for good measure. <laughs> um, but in terms of yourself as as a master, and I, I'll uh, embarrass you by calling you that. How do you? How do you work? I love. <laughs> I've got some of my colleagues that will be kicking themselves now, especially one. Well, Jake, obviously, who's a host of my podcast. I love shooting with one light <laughs> if I can get away. One light, you master of lighting, you. <laughs> hey, if you can master one light, you know. Yes. Yeah. Well, there are plenty of photographers through history who've uh, who've only ever worked with one light. Exactly. Exactly. Even if yeah. I'm using strobe, you know, or, or flash. Sorry, jumping on the American terminology, uh, a strobe. I, I do use more than one light. Of course, I do, and and sometimes I. Setups do require, you know, quite a few lights, especially if you're, if you're shooting on location. And in, I don't mean outdoors, but indoors. If you're in a building, you need to light certain areas of a room to balance the shot. You need to balance your scene before you can light your subject. So you've got two yeah. sets of lighting to take into account to, to make the image work. But um, I love simplicity. And there's so much you can do with one light and reflectors just by changing your lighting modifiers. And people that have been on my workshops will see that I've used one light to replicate sunlight at about 2, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And then I've used the same light to create quite a dark and moody shot with a bit of contrast and darkness falling off into the shadows just because I've mm. t- changed the modifier on that and changed the output power. But two completely different looks, but still using one light source. So I think if you can master your light, and that's the difference with, um, uh, I just want to point that out, if people are shooting outdoors a lot and using Mother Nature's light, you know, with, with studio light, we've got to recreate our whole lighting scene with our lighting. So if I want a mm. sunny day, I've got to create it. If I want a grey day, I've got to create it. If I want a nighttime scene, I've got to create it. That's what you've got to master, I think, is creating those environments. We started out our conversation talking about fashion work, and in some respects, it was uh, uh, not depressive, but uh, there was a there was a there was, was a, quite a, negative. There was, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say there was a kind of a gloomy outlook um, with, with so regard wrong, fashion. So wrong of me yeah. to do that. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, not not necessarily because you know I. I always prefer somebody to be authentic and honest and genuine about how they find the business. And of course, this perhaps would be a different conversation out of COVID times. But <laughs> um, for those that are interested in, in working in fashion and beauty and uh, and advertising, is is there a is there a, a kind of if you like roadmap of um, of how to go by to go doing that? Um, you've you've got. I think you you've just got to shoot. You've got to be aware of, of current fashions but and, and seasons with those fashions. I, I think you've got to be aware of what's trending. You've got to keep on the ball because it's no good shooting your next door neighbour in a new top that she's bought from H&M because if they've already bought that from the high street, then it means that that trend and fashion has already happened. So you've got to build your links with, with teams in the fashion world. You need to have a link with a stylist and a design, um, maybe a designer, but maybe more a stylist, a makeup artist, a hairstylist, stylist a manicurist is important gotta have those nails looking good as well manicurist yeah you, you have to start building a team in the fashion world because everybody's got their own job and it really, really is important. You can't do it all in the commercial world yourself. Um, your stylist is probably going to be your your right-hand man or woman, um, and they are going to be your best friend, especially when you come to create mood boards for your concept or theme. So you've got to have your theme or your story in mind to begin with, because that's, that's where the rest of your team will work from. Um, 
If they have no idea where you're going, then your shoot's going to have no idea. Mm. I think you've got to have that in mind and you've got to understand if you want to submit, say, a six-page spread to a magazine, one, you've got to have the magazine, even online ones, Not, I don't mean the main main titles because that'll be really hard to get into. Start off with the lower-level magazines. There's plenty out there taking submissions. Um, start off getting your story in. Think about how you're going to shoot your six-page spread. You need to think about whether you're going to shoot a double-page spread model placement on that because of the fold in the page is important even in the digital world whether you're going to shoot a front cover your money shot as we call it and whether you're going to shoot a left or right hand page so you have to plan that out in your mind as well and then shoot your story and and submit to to magazines you can even tell some magazines that you're shooting um you know um you're going to shoot a six page editorial um and this is your concept these are your models you're pulling from an agency perhaps a new face and then would they be interested in publishing um and sometimes they are and uh sometimes you might need what we call a pull letter from the magazine so that the stylist can pull designers clothing from the designers because they know it's going to be published. And for those getting into the business, does this um, this expression "time for prints" with models um, still exist? It had quite a grubby image at some stage. Didn't yeah, it? I think I think the time for I mean I can't remember it's changing digital world. Time for prints became time for CD and time. For, I still see that as more of an amateur enthusiast kind of terminology. Right, but if you're trying to get into the industry, of course, pulling this team around you yeah. to make your your original um, sort of formative portfolio, you you need to you need to pull people in that that benefit from having those pictures, and that that would be stylists and yeah maybe designers. Well, that that's harder. I would yeah, style, stylists Models, is your first of course, call. Of course, yeah, yeah, it, it it is hard. Yeah, it's hard to say. Well, how can I shoot? How can I present that if I haven't shot any of that? And how can I shoot any of that if I approach a stylist and they go, "We well, haven't shot any of that. I'm not interested in working with you." Uh, I think you probably have to. You know, even your personal work needs to reflect a little bit of your skill set and your creativity. And personal work is very important in the fashion world. You know, we we still get picked up by some of our personal work, even over our commercial work as artists so as long as your personal work is relative to what you shoot as well i think you'll you'll, you'll be okay so don't ever stop shooting creative commercial uh, personal work as well is, is one bit of advice i would give um not only that you know you go out and you learn more for a start i noticed in your portfolio by the way you, you have a paralympian within the pictures I, I spoke recently with zebedee management i don't know if you're familiar with zebedee oh, um heard the name. A, cu- a couple of weeks back one, one of the co-founders who, who specialized they, they specialize in modeling assignments for people with disability those with alternative appearances they say in trans non-binary mm-hmm. and there, there is this feeling that within the world of fashion in particular that there's been something in the industry has been very slow at well slow at best i think description to represent yeah i, I wonder what your thoughts are you're a photographer and if, if we as photographers have um more of a responsibility in the in the casting and proposition to those that we do cast perhaps is it is it is it our job to to help balance this or is it the work of casting directors yeah it is it is casting is a specific thing because yes the photographer can have an input into the casting generally with the with the bigger commercial clients you know the high-end clients they will already have planned their advertising campaign and the look that they're going for so they might have a very specific requirement saying hey you know i want uh 
you know, oriental looking model and she's got to be based in Paris because we're not paying any travel from UK. So she's got to be local. It can even come down to, you know, those little sort of nitty gritty bits really for budgets and things. But they may say, hey, we're doing this shoot. We want blonde. We want brunette. We want redhead. We want pale skin, olive skinned. They they generally have an idea where their campaign is going um, to, mm. to, to, to present their look. Um, we have an input then in a casting of all the models that fit that criteria. And then we can help select the models that we think would suit the shoot the best if that makes any it was sense interesting interesting that david pd hyde he, he cast um uh, ellie goldstein who's uh, who's 18 um and has down syndrome for yeah. the gucci campaign and that and I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with that campaign yeah uh, on insta i just checked it actually before we started talking and that's heading now toward the nine hundred thousand likes mark yeah um, and uh, I know from my conversation with Zebedee that uh, Harry Styles managed a third of that wow. on, on, the, on the likes front. Yeah. So it, it does kind of show, doesn't it, that the public are able to understand that inclusion is important. Yes, 100%. Uh, and and that, that moving ahead now, that that, that would be good for everybody. and Because there is this sort of reinforced image thing that I think platforms like Insta have, have played a part in. You know, the sort of desire to represent the so-called perfect model with yeah. a perfect weight, yeah. with a perfect look for the perfect campaign and 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 life's not like that is it it doesn't exist doesn't exist and and i agree with you i do think the fashion industry has been very slow to change and even though they are making change and it is at a a better rate than it has been for diversity um and and equality and everything i i think they could step a bit more so people you know like paralympians and um people with any disabilities or anything else i think they should be involved more and more in these things Mm -hmm. and and why not because you know they're the same as us you know we're part of the human race, and we're, we can all promote something. I was surprised to to um, get the figure that twenty percent of people are registered disabled, which really? shows you uh, that that we're we're not entirely representative at, at all. Yeah. How, how do you keep your How do you keep your work fresh or crisp? To use your to use your terminology, <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep using this. I'm sorry, but how, how do you keep it fresh? Because there there must be the uh, you know. A constant. It must be very difficult when you've when you've worked with certain models or certain looks to think. Yeah. Right, I know that works. That's great. Yeah. I can do that again. I can do that until the cows come home. But but you you can't do that, can you? Because you've constantly got to be reinventing, haven't you, in the studio? You you have, yeah. And and I think you've got to carry on to pushing your own boundaries, and and you can do that in many ways. Yes, change the way you shoot. You know, I said earlier, I don't shoot a lot of you know slow shutter speed and movement and things, and I will in my personal work. I've got some projects I'm setting up at the moment. Um, for shooting now that lockdown's lifting a little bit. And strangely, I moan about the fashion industry at the beginning, but I am actually refreshing my fashion book um, with, um, with with some um, model agencies in London and things and some stylists. So even even my work needs a refresh. So that's what I'll be doing. I will be concentrating on next season's trends, uh, but I won't have access to any of that clothing until at least September because it won't mm. be available to mm. get access to yet. So we, we've got that to, you know plan in in our testing collaborations is what we call time fours you know we call it a collaboration not a time for edition time for prints so yeah you've, you've got to go out and push your boundaries and if you want to work commercially you've got to see what's trending in the next season and when you've got access to those kind of items for that season to present to magazines so i will be pushing the boundaries there other creative ways just choose one lens for your camera and go out and push your boundaries by by shooting a mixed series of shoots but using only one lens if you don't use a wide lens very much 
throw it on your camera and go and shoot wide. Um, you'll be surprised how many images you might like. Mm. Get down on the floor and look up, you know, lay on your back and look up with your camera instead of standing and looking across all the time. One of those new lenses, will it be the 50mm um, F1? Oh, do you know, that, I haven't got my hands on that, but it sounds so <laughs> sorry, nice. Sorry to throw that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, uh, now, uh, it kind of feels like a return visit for me because I've been on your podcast, now you've been on ours, <laughs> yeah, myself and Kev. Right. How's, po how's Podlomania going? It's going good. We, we've had a few interruptions with, with COVID-19. Yes. Sadly, with our schedules that go out, yeah. we're every two weeks for hours. We've had some interruptions because, sadly, on the family side of things, we've had some things we've had to put first and deal with and yes, during these terrible times. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we've had some hurdles to get over, but we're we're back and running. So one one uh, episode 30 was released a few days ago and uh, we're trying to get back on track to get the bi-weekly releases out again. But yeah, it's going well though. It's going good. Not as good as you guys, I don't think, but yeah. <laughs> oh, shush. <laughs> it's your oh, shush. radio smooth yeah. voice. Well, where are we Neil? now? <laughs> I think we're in our, our, our 5,000th episode. I think so. <laughs> You, you did one a day at times, one point, didn't you? I'll tell you what, there were times over the over the break, it felt like... Over the break? What am I talking about? <laughs> break. <laughs> well, terminology. Break. Yes, break from earning, maybe. Yes. But there were right. times over the horrible COVID thing that, it, honestly, it did feel it did feel like... But it's, but it's always... It, it's a lot of fun doing uh, doing podcasting. And I, I, have, I often think, you know, in a, in a world which is going to embrace more and more of it over the next couple of years, yeah. more photographers should be thinking about it. I think it's a great way to communicate with uh, with uh, with with an audience that can be a photographer if you if you're into doing workshops it can be um your your audience if you're yeah. doing i don't know something about planning a perfect wedding i, I can't think that there would be many uh, better positioned to talk about <laughs> you know to brides and grooms yeah. about having a wedding day for example than photographers because it really ne never mind what the butler saw <laughs> exactly. um what the photographer sees i, I tell you what is is uh, is far more i think there's some some of those that actually organize weddings even though you don't press the button some things you see through your viewfinder is like oh wow <laughs> like, no i okay. just keep pressing the button at those moments <laughs> Good man. <laughs> Some of the unplanned shots are the best, whether as, as we call them in our industry, me, me and Jake call it, we call them happy accidents. But yeah, yes, happy accidents. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, thanks to Wayne Johns over the last couple of weeks. Next week we take to the skies, quite literally, for an ex-photographer who's who's also an Airbus A380 pilot. The irony of a photographer who swaps heavy DSLRs for the lighter, more manoeuvrable X-series cameras of Fujifilm, swapping his lighter aircraft for, for the biggest passenger-carrying aircraft in any fleet. Anyway, uh, Bjorn Murman, uh, next week on the show from Dubai. Right, back to your questions. Um, this one, when I saw the title, Compromised Position, I thought, I think you've sent mm -hmm. this to the wrong show, Mark Bodie. Do you remember Bodie? Bodie and Doyle. Was it Bodie and Doyle in The mm, Professionals? Dun, yeah. dun, dun. Goes back to that um, Capri again, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. 2.8. Yeah, it was a Capri, yeah. It was a Capri. But they both had Capris, didn't they? Didn't cars. they throw themselves across the bonnets or something? On yeah, the... yeah, yeah. It was a bit Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. Sort of British version of. No, I think Starsky and Hutch followed them. Copied them. No, no, they were first. No. Yes, they were. A um, couple of, uh, well, a random question for you. Uh, during your centuries of wed hang on, <laughs> centuries of wedding photography experience, have either of you made a picture that later on you find out you captured somebody in a compromising position? Oh, it's, yes, perhaps the best man of the bride in an inappropriate embrace, or maybe something a, a bit more paranormal, and you made a picture that has Uncle Bob in it, but he's been dead for decades, and you only find this out when the family tell you. Well, that'd be worrying, wouldn't it? 
Can you imagine actually putting one of those into... I'm sorry, I'm being a bit of a, a what's-it now, but can you ma- imagine putting a picture of Great Auntie Moore, sort of Great Auntie Moore by several generations removed so, <laughs> so it doesn't seem too inappropriate, this suggestion. Well, but yeah, just to sort of put it in, in Photoshop, very hazy in the background. Somebody say, my God, that's... That's great, great Auntie Maud. In Latin America, they still do that. With they do the the death pictures in some parts of Latin America. I know, but I'm like talking Victorian about I'm, death I'm pictures. talking about putting in Aunt Great Great Auntie Maud yeah. as a bit of a joke. Yeah, and uh, yes, <laughs> which would be a bit inappropriate, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes, but uh, compromising positions. I did. So sometimes you do see people, and you think you're looking at that person in a sort of way that doesn't mm. seem quite right. That's what I was thinking. I did uh, take a picture of. Um, Daddy's special friend at a at a wedding. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this is going back a few years, dear. And uh, I was left thinking, oh, this doesn't seem. So I hung around a bit more, took a load more photos. <laughs> is that where the story ends? <laughs> it is. That's where the trail goes. Yeah, goes dead. Yeah. What about you? Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I've often, you know, sometimes you look at bridesmaids looking at grooms, and very infrequently, of course. And uh, it's usually the other way around. And Kev, look at no, no, but there's, know, there's something on. in the eye that says I know something. Oh, you mean yeah. they've got they've got some info on them? Yeah, I, ah. there's a little bit. I've seen that a couple of times. Have you? Um, and actually, I did once get an email off a groom who said, uh, "Can you please take down the blog post?" Right beautiful as the pictures were yeah. but um because we, of that sort of situation. we separated oh, a no. week after the <gasps> wedding because i found out that the wife oh. the bride had oh. been having an affair with the best man oh my word or before the wedding during the wedding and there after the wedding during the wedding well not perhaps during the wedding day itself but no. they were together right it, you know so um of course i took the blog post down and said, i'm did, very yeah. sorry but i, yeah, I did yeah, revisit yeah. the images and looked and there is a there's, there's definitely a look, yeah. some stuff. Yeah, you can see it. You would never have noticed it beforehand, but you can see it. See, the trouble is, you're mixing alcohol, and um, a lot of people having a good time. And sometimes things go awry, don't they? I got a cracking picture of a lady falling over, uh, too many gin and tonics, um, and uh, I've not published this picture. Did Gemma go to that wedding? Then, in the end? <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> sorry, Gemma, I do a pun. I know, I know. I'm sorry. It's a fantastic picture. I love it, and I gave it to the bride. I think I've talked about this before, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I didn't make it public. And um, it's it's one of those pictures that I just so wish that you know yeah. you, you can see it. It's it's very very funny. And by all accounts, the the, the lady herself was fine with it and said yeah. it was very funny too. Yeah. But um, yeah, a couple of too many gin and tonics flat on her back. I just happened to be taking a picture at the same time. There but. was a, there was a chap at a venue <laughs> uh, not not long before uh, before COVID broke out, and uh, he'd uh, I mean you see this site quite a lot, but it's just the way he did it. He 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 had a few too many gin and tonics during the during the dinner, and he'd fallen asleep on the sofa. Um, mm. But it was almost like he was at home. He just, so he claimed this sofa, like his leg was up on the top, mm. and the other leg was down the floor. And he had, and his he, oh, hand had just collapsed with the glass, and the glass was empty because it would all poured out on the floor. And he was he was snoring. Mm. There were people all around him. He was he was obviously of you know he, he was of, uh, of 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 I suppose comical value to people. And I did think, should I take a picture? Should I you know of him or not? But I thought, well, I'm here to tell the story of the day. And yeah. people will say, oh, do you remember when Bob fell asleep during the... And, and nothing would wake him up. 
Honestly, they were putting things on top of him. Somebody put a chair on him at one stage. Oh, definitely be taking pictures of I that. I did, but sure. then I got asked to take those all down as well. Yeah. Um, so it's a very difficult thing to do, isn't it? Because you don't want to be seen to be no. taking advantage of somebody's um, ineptitude to l- watch the amount that they drink. No. Uh, just before we go into another question, uh, um, I've got uh, a complaint here. Okay. Wallace Shackleton. <laughs> that sounds very formal, doesn't it? Just having the name Wallace Shackleton means that this complaint holds some sort of water. Mm. Uh, any chance you can make the podcast a bit longer? I listen while editing photos. Invariably, the podcast ends. He's not happy about it. Well, how long do you need it to be? It's going to be shorter next week because we've got no good words to I say know. about us. I know. So, you better, Wallace Shackleton, you better write in a review. Yes. So that we've got one to read out next week. Right, your question. Okay, this is from Bryce Hook. And he says, uh, really good to, again, this is a, a bit of a comment and a question. Really good to hear Kent Rathod on the show last week. Now, I know that I mentioned, I got his name totally wrong, didn't I? I called it Kent Rathod, but you've referred to him as Kent Rathod. Yes, but I did check with him. Yes, exactly. And, and you didn't have the advantage of being able to check with him. Whereas to be I fair. didn't, correct. Whereas I was on the phone to him, I said, can I just check? And he said, yes, Rathod. But I know a lot of people say Rathod, he said. Yes. So it's not a problem. So anyway, really good to hear Kant Rathod on the show last week talking about his style of street work. He talked about shooting raw, but not having his settings in camera on black and white view. And he presents all his work in monochrome. Did you say, Kevin, that you shoot all your work with black and white settings on, even though you know some of your work will be colour? And I wondered what the advantage of your and your methods are. Regards, Bryce. Uh, yes. So, um, yeah, we have talked about this, but it's it's fine. And I do have a YouTube video discussing all of this. Um, and essentially, I do, even if I'm shooting raw, I have my viewfinder in black and white. Do you? Yes. Um, because you can, see the, you can see the light and shade much yeah, clearer. Yeah. So um, if you combine that with spot metering you're going to get very very good idea of where the light is falling the shadow the shade the fall off the depth of it etc etc and of course if you're shooting raw then it will always be in color um just remember though if you're shooting jpeg there ain't no going back from a black and white jpeg no black and white forever it's, it's it is what it is it is what it is it is what it is what it is what it is i spent ages fun of that meme for you <laughs> it is what it is it will be what it will be yeah I couldn't find that one. <laughs> oh, there was, by the way, uh, Mark Bodie. Uh, d- we've never done this before, I think. Uh, just to go back to a question. You know, we were talking just a moment ago about the, um, the um, taking pictures of people in compromising positions. He, he, he had a, another question, which is quite kind of attached to the first one. If a fight broke out at a wedding, would you shoot it? You know, for documentation purposes, he says. Would you? I think I would. Uh, you know, the... the- the thing is, ultimately, we are still at a wedding, and yes. whilst whilst we both like to, you know, say we're show the real world, pure documentary photographers, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, yeah. um, you know, you do uh, sometimes have to have to understand what the people would like to be photographed. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, I mean, there there are some people out there that would be all over that, and you know, be 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 kind of putting it on their website and stuff. But I would first of all, I'd be taking a visual guide from what's going on around luckily it's never happened and, mm. and i would hope it does i have had it happen once yeah. yeah with my assistant photographer it was in the days i used to use um, a second photographer um so this is going back a good few years did take some picture make some pictures of it uh and then they clocked him doing it and it uh, looked like it might get quite nasty mm. so i always vowed after that no no in fact i didn't make any pictures of that moment anyway but i was vowed after that moment so definitely not we're not there as evidence collectors we're no. there to tell the story of a day i remember well i suppose it is a story of a day but you know i think what kev said makes a lot of sense when i was a kid when i was a kid when i was about 
16 i worked in the, har- the war i worked in the harvester in newport and um i was um, what was that like <laughs> interesting <laughs> uh I, I i'm not going to say too much about what happened there but we, we taxi for mullins <laughs> Safely. I was working in the kitchen in yeah. the in the. Um, Were you a KP? I, I what's that mean? Kitchen porter. No, no, no. I was a chef. I was a grill chef. Were you? Yeah, yeah. I was the I was the guy. I'm so sorry. Flipping the burgers. Well, there's nothing wrong with being a KP, but no, uh, no, no. Are you a are you a, a burger flipper? Yeah, and steaks and all that oh. kind of stuff. I, I could make a mean tuna salad can you yeah anyway at this one point there was this um, all a bit wasted on you now you're all, a vegan all of, yeah i know all of the um or oh, the amount of times i used to sit just bend down behind the counter and stuff my face full of cheese you did not eat hungry. stuff that you shouldn't be eating yeah wow um anyway this um this, this fight broke out in the restaurant right and uh i did a bodian doyle moment i i i, I did the, you break it up no well kind of i never quite got there in time oh. because well you'll figure out um one of the um, waitresses was being shouted at by by this group of lads. Was she in a cocktail bar? <laughs> in the harvester. <laughs> yeah. uh, this harvester was one of those ones that was very like the H on the wall outside was hanging down oh, a little bit. No, stuff, right, you know. okay, yeah. And, uh, I know the place. Sticky carpets. Yeah. And um, <laughs> she, so she was being shouted at by these guys. Uh, I don't know what it was about, but but and I was like. Da, 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 da. So you know, yeah. I, I, I leapt over the uh, the counter. What's got, that theme tune? Uh, Harrison, uh, oh, Raise the Lost Heart. Yes. Lost, Lost yeah, yeah. Put my put my little leather hat on. Yeah. Got my got my my uh, whip. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to yes. be a hero. I yeah. leapt over the counter. Yeah. Uh, just about to go and kind of run over and save her. But we, you had to wear catering trousers, and they're very baggy. My catering trousers got caught on the the top metal, the corner oh, of the no. of the plate, the hot plate. Yeah. And and they just tore from the bottom to the top, just oh. tore like simple as that. And I just fell over, and then showing everything. That, yeah, basically, and that was the end of my <laughs> that was the end of my my kind of uh, hero moment. Yeah, it did stop the fight though because they all just, they all just, just fell about laughing, at me, thinking, yeah. "What the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the naked chef?" Yeah, they were, you were well before the times. You see, how would you like naked your burger, chef. sir? <laughs> Medium rare. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Matt's, uh, we'll do the book in a second uh, Matt's Fernblad Torson. After moving more and more away from RAW I've started to appreciate the app's function To transfer images to photos iOS on the fly However, I edit and store all my images in Lightroom And export some of them to photos To have the memories there E.g. about 15 out of 200 from uh, each of the trips that I make This uh, makes importing everything to photos Just another step in the workflow Do you know any um, any way to wirelessly transfer photos from the camera to Lightroom, he's using an XT30. My next camera upgrade will probably be a, um, when 5G and auto-upload is possible, which Kev talks about a lot, and I know you're looking forward to that day, auto-uploading in 5G. Does that, doesn't that the new Canon thing do that? And they, they uploaded, everybody uploaded their photos from their Canon camera to the Canon website, and then the Canon website deleted them all. Or, did it? Yeah. Correct us on that if we're wrong, please. Yes, do correct, correct us if you're wrong. Yeah, but and sure, we, we can sure put that true. right next week, but... I'm sure it's true. I'm sure they both had teething problems. Let's yeah. just say. But is there a way of wirelessly transferring photos from the camera to to light to actual Lightroom, so you don't have to you know go through the process of in, ingestion? Ingestion? Well, it depends on how it's indigestion. If you're if it's if it's in in situ, if you've got Lightroom running on a computer in front of you, you yeah. can you can do it by setting a what's known as a watch folder in Lightroom. Right. So you get folder, you get Lightroom to watch a folder. You get your app, your, your um, Wi-Fi app. 
app on your phone or whatever or the tethered cable or whatever you're using to send the pictures to that folder and then Lightroom will, will see it. From outside, if you're outside just shooting on the foot, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I mean, you, you can probably, if you're using Adobe Cloud, there may well be plugins or something to do it. But, yeah, not that I'm, I don't know of any. Not that I'm aware no, of off, off the like cuff. That. No. No, I'm sure there there will be technical ways of doing it, but yeah. but not not simple ways. And before we do, um, um, sorry about that. We didn't really give you a good answer on it. Well, we we did, but it's just not possible. Uh, Terrell Woods, um, just very quickly before we do the book. Hi, hi guys. Just thought this might be of interest. If we can ever freely travel again, he says in brackets. Ah, oh, when is this going to be, Kev? When can we go back to travelling? Stop using the words if. Use the words when. When can we go? Positive back? mental attitude. Right, this Positive, is yeah. podcast, Kev. Podcast, talking. Kev. Podcast, Kev. When are we going back to travelling, Kev? Um, I want an answer from Positive Kev. Well, I'm travelling today. I'm travelling to Worcestershire. Oh, yes. There we go. Yeah, but not by aircraft. No, by car. If ever in New York, I think you'll find this a worthwhile diversion. The Bronx Documentary Centre. Uh, the, ah, B- the BDC. I've been there. Have you? Yes. So the Tim Hetherington Photo Book Library is reopening by appointment only Mondays through Fridays. Um, you can reserve a date and time block. Oh, you lucky, lucky things. If you're in that part of the world, yes. then uh, the library is one of New York's only libraries dedicated to photography. So you've been there, have you? I have been there. And what's uh, it like? Uh, incredible. They also have a really, really cool Instagram feed. Do they? Bronx Documentary Photography. BDC. Uh, BDC, yeah. Um, we will link to it. Of course, we f- I always keep forgetting to mention the website. The website yeah. uh, where we will link to things like this, the, the Instagram account for the BDC, and uh, also a Patreon page. Yes. <laughs> So the, the podcast How is that Ferrari. So the, <laughs> yeah. so the podcast. We have this joke in the family. So podcast Kev, by the way, I'll finish that sentence. Um, can can remain in married bliss. Um, uh, yeah, we have this joke, by the way, with uh, my mother-in-law. Who um, I know some people will be aghast in horror that I should do this, but mother-in-law is my bookkeeper. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I know I did have to think long and hard about this, but it seems to work. Yeah. yeah. Why, why wouldn't it work? Why shouldn't it Well, work, I know some I people say. say, you know, you shouldn't necessarily with your finances oh, <laughs> I see. I necessarily see. be sharing I everything see. with I your see. mother-in-law. I see, I see. I but see. it kind of works. But yeah. we have this thing that I've always, because she's always said, well, how much do I get paid? And I was, well, you know, it. I like you to think of it a bit like the Ewings <laughs> and that, you know, we're all kind of helping each other out and living in the same, well, not literally living in the same house. Uh, but but you know we're all helping each other out. Well, so they never really helped each other out in Dallas, well, did they? They, sh- they did really. Kept yes. shooting each other and yeah. having affairs with each other. That's not the best example, is no. it? No. But um, so we have this thing that I'm that they really want to go to. Um, uh, I think it's New York to go shopping, Christmas shopping or something. And I've always said well, that's fine. I'll buy you the airfare tickets one day, as you know, for all this bookkeeping work that you do. And she'll ask me every so often, say, well, how are we doing with the airfare? And I'll say, well, it's, you know, it's not been a great month. though. I'm, you're just about edging out. You've l- left the Bristol Channel and you're going across Ireland. At this. <laughs> They've been at the Irish Point now uh, in their flight for about two years. Cheapest chips now <laughs> flights to New York at the minute. They would, <laughs> I would imagine. Don't tell my mother-in-law that. <laughs> She'll be cashing, <laughs> cashing in the chips. Uh, right, let's go for the book. Of okay, the week. so... Uh, Anton Corbijn, again, very famous uh, photographer. Many of you will have heard of him. Beautiful documentaries uh, on Netflix, I think, about Anton Corbijn. This one is called Private Passion. Uh, it's a German-printed book by Kerber Publishers. Or the Kerber book, uh, Kerber, Kerber publishing book. A5 in size, portrait. Um, now, I, my German is not great. Um, really? I thought you spoke fluent German. Ich möchte eine Bier bitte. Yeah. 
is uh, what chapter is that in? Uh, that's in uh, <laughs> that's in chapter Kev, um, and and uh, it's so it's all in German. All the, all the text there is some text in it at the back mostly, and um, presumably just describing yeah. like the reason behind the book. My understanding is that it's more pictures that were you know kind of not ones that were necessarily published originally, um, and you know there's there's a lot of conceptual stuff in here. There's there's all there's some self portraits in there, some beautiful pictures on page six and seven. These lovely black and white. Yeah. Uh, See again, it's the depth. Eight. It's the. I mean, I, I'm there's always struck by depth in 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 uh, black and whites. I've never been. I know yeah, all film, of course. Yeah, salad of grey um, stuff is. Oh, oh my word! See, we're back with having. Look, if you got a picture of Bowie. I never understand. I've seen a lot of pictures of David Bowie in what can only be seen as described as a nappy. That's not a nappy. That's, that's a, what, what do you call it? No, um, beautiful picture, but you know. Anyway, it's uh, no, it's it's one of those loincloths, isn't it? Uh, who's that? You you you. Um, oh, I, uh, I want to say that um, electronic German electronic. It, um, it is musician. him, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I can't think of his name. Kraft, is it from Kraftwerk? Kraftwerk. And on page fifty, we've got uh, smoking Keith Richards. He always yeah. seems to have a cigarette, doesn't he? You can't Keith get Richards. a bad picture of Keith Richards, though, no, can you? He's got one of those faces. It, yeah, it has kind of that lived-in look that just photographically must be a joy to make. It's, uh, Gemma often says this about some men. She says they, you know, they get better looking as they get older. They're mature. Yeah, and I think that's true. Of I've him. heard this. I think that's. I think actually that's Gemma being charitable. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way she pacifies me every year. My, my Kev, you're maturing nicely. Yeah, um, you're like a fine cheese. That's uh, what's his name, the comedian. Oh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, Danny DeVito. See another one. See when you're photographing these really interesting-looking people. But interestingly, that picture, that Danny DeVito picture, and of course you have to see the book, people, because it's, it's you know you can't yeah. see the pictures. It's the only picture in the book that is sepia-toned, coolish, yeah. but that matches his character, doesn't it? Matches it does. his personality. Um, oh, there's uh, Stephen Hawkins there. Look, blimey, these are very cons- that, that I've never seen a picture of Stephen Hawkins taken quite like that. And it's it's got he's a, using the mirrored reflection of, of uh, in in his of uh, his speech machine, his glasses and the speech machine. There, yeah, 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 yeah. beautiful stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a very simple book of uh, probably outtakes. I would imagine if you're German, we do have some German listeners. I know that. Perhaps <laughs> you could uh, read the back of it. And, <laughs> we'll send uh, you the book, and you can transcribe it for us. Is it available? It's available. Uh, Anton Corbine private passion Kurba the publishers and uh, I just looked it up on Ape Books yeah. and it is available for £60 right but what you can it, probably still get this what is it about Anton that you particularly like oh. you, you've, you've got various books of, uh, of his I you? love uh, that's a nice picture as well isn't there we, is it, it that's it, the spine of the book that's broke. the spine just broken oh dear what, what is it what well there's um, he did the film Control right. um, which is about Joy Division oh right and Ian Curtis and the death of Ian Curtis brilliant film absolutely brilliant film 2007 all black and white the um, entire film was entire film's black and wow. white and he also did the, yeah, coo- I mean, the coolest British movie of 2007 it say. is a really good film really good film yeah. and I the, the only colour you get is on the film poster <laughs> yeah in fact yeah it's 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 great and uh, you know it's it's all about the, the forming of Joy Division and if yeah. you I like Joy Division and kind of Ian Curtis and all that kind of early stuff but he 
he was a very passionate if you, there's also a documentary about anton corbein which was on amazon prime maybe mm. on netflix mm. um you'll find it if you just type his name in and uh and it's really interesting because there's a lot of um self-conversations and it turns out that his father was a presbyterian minister right in uh you know when he was when he was younger very very strict very puritanical person so he spent a lot of time by himself anton Has he? and i think that manifests itself in his personality and he he's made some amazing photos but also films he was the director of the american with george clooney he was the director of that film which is good and it's reasonably a good name to work with it's a good goodish <laughs> film yeah. uh a lot of violence in that those don't like it? it um but yeah i mean but it's very dark dark films then. yeah they're all very dark films and and obviously his he's predominantly a photographer but with work he's done most of the youtube the u2 covers yeah and uh, I think he worked with Depeche Mode, like loads, loads. He's done portraits of the Queen and things like that. You know, he's, his photography is amazing. His personality, I think, is quite polarising for some people. Why is that? I think some people find him a little bit... Stark? Or? Yeah, that's probably the right word. Probably the right word. Yeah, um, Dutch photographer. But we don't, you know, he's, he's not somebody you're mm. likely to bump into in the street i just love his stuff absolutely yeah. love it yeah. um anyway this book is private passion i've got i've got lots of his books um oh isn't this funny picture yourself going on a journey corbyn b- b- began his journey as a music photographer when he saw the dutch musician herman brood playing at a cafe um around 1975 the reason why by the way herman brood um it just suddenly sort of struck me as looking at this on on uh, Wikipedia here was the other day we were sat in uh, uh, I'm taking you back to the journey when when we when we went uh, for the day out with the kids um, to, uh, to Swanage and we were sat in the rain in a in a in a fish and chip restaurant and there were loads of gulls and we we're having the conversation that we always have that you have <laughs> can't call a gull a seagull uh, and in our family we now call them Hermans. <laughs> And uh, and it stretches right back to when I was a kid. There was um, there was a uh, we we were fr- very friendly with the Dutch family, and they caught every single and it comes from them. They used to call their um, gulls for some reason after Herman Brood, hmm. and so um, the Dutch. I, I don't know. If it's all Dutch, but certainly um, a fraction of people in, it, in Holland seem to know gulls by the name of Herman because of Herman Brood. And there's his name popping up. That's, that's weird. W- Wikipedia. Wheel of Fortune, isn't it? You it could is. probably link, click on that, and find out he's wrote a book about bird, uh, gulls or something. Uh, gulls or something um, like that, yeah. But interestingly, the David Bowie picture I mentioned in the loincloth, it just does explain this on Wikipedia too. It's does a it? photograph of David Bowie behind the scenes of the Elephant Man, so it all makes sense. Oh, it's not a nappy. No, it's not a nappy. Well, I did say it was a loincloth. Yeah, you did. The Great Bowie. Uh, and that's it for for this week. Thank you very much, uh, as always, for uh, for being a part of it. Uh, if you've, uh, oh, there's a several things we now need you to do for next week. Yes, Patreon. Shall I be typically don't English be and dismissive of it? Embarrassed? No, I shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it does help us. It helps us keep the show. I like to say growing, but most importantly, going. <laughs> um, and it helps me build the swimming pool. <laughs> Not at all. Um, but we do need your questions. So uh, you've been fantastic over the summer. But keep them coming in as we enter into autumn and winter. 
I love winter. It's my favourite time of the year. Is it? Proper proper cold winter I like. Not you rainy, do. miserable. I, I like cold. I just get all a bit cold and my fingers go white and I just... Mm. Oh, can we have summer back again, please? Mm. Uh, but podcast Kev likes winter. Yep. So uh, so we need your questions in now. Uh, start uh, sending them back in, please, to the uh, the email address, which is, which is click at fujicast.co.uk. Or send them in via the website. You can. The sh- still shiny new website. Yes. Uh, through the contact page or indeed uh, using the Facebook group um, that was that well, that was, was another thing we, we had to remember to do as well was that it that was just the questions the Patreon oh yes the reviews otherwise we've got a tumbleweed feature for next week yeah I'm looking forward to that we're gonna, I'm going to bring a sandwich <laughs> so we're going to have a bit of a break <laughs> yeah if you can share the show, please do so on Twitter or Facebook. Music from Blue Wednesday, supporting music from the incredible artlist.io. Head over to fujicast.co.uk for all the links on today's show and links to uh, to us as well if you want to find out a bit more about what we do. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Fujicast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.